0: Welcome to China In Focus, I'm Tiffany Meyer. Our top story, a roundup of some of China's biggest economic problems, and how they could affect the U.S.
1: You know, the situation is quite bad in China.
0: Iran and Argentina giving different answers to an invitation looking to counter the West, what their decisions could mean for their economies. No more high-tech chip-making machines for China. The Netherlands just blocked the world's only supply of the technology from being sold to the communist country, spurred by Washington. And a surprise for the oil industry. Beijing is now pumping up distribution of crude oil imports to private refineries. What's behind the new strategy? days into 2024, the world's second-largest economy is off to a rocky start, and even Chinese leader Xi Jinping is acknowledging it. In a rare admission Sunday, Xi said Chinese businesses are struggling and job seekers are having trouble finding work. It's the first time Xi has made such a remark during his New Year address in over a decade. China economic analyst Antonio Graceffo weighs in.
1: You know, the situation is quite bad in China and I believe that if he admits anything it means the situation is a hundred times worse than that and that he's finally recognizing that. I think it also means that he doesn't think he can fix it quickly.
0: So what are some of the biggest problems facing China's economy? First up, real estate. The sector amounts for around a quarter of China's GDP, but its strength has been weakened by plunging home sales and defaulting Chinese developers, including the country's largest property developer, Country Garden. The crisis has spilled over into the massive shadow banking sector, causing defaults and sparking protests across the country. Local governments are in trouble too. Many of them are loaded up with debt and have been cutting medical benefits for citizens to cope. Youth employment has also become so bad that authorities haven't published data on it since last June. In addition, China's factory activity hit a six-month low in December. What's more, almost 90% of the foreign money that went into China in 2023 has already left. That's according to calculations by the Financial Times. China's biggest banks cut deposit rates in a bid to boost the economy, but officials have signaled the stimulus would be limited. Zooming out, how could China's economic problems affect the U.S.? Grossefo said more companies are shifting their manufacturing from China to countries like India.
1: Things are getting much better between the United States and India, and these economic ties will help to improve that as well. So I think the way it's going to affect the United States is that we will start uh, importing and manufacturing from India, from Vietnam, from Indonesia. I think that's good. It's going to help our allies. It's going to build our diplomatic power. It's going to reduce our dependence on China.
0: The International Monetary Fund said China is now a drag on world output. A big drop in China's New Year home sales. The country's average daily home sales fell by more than a quarter during the three-day New Year celebrations, compared to the same period last year. That's according to a survey conducted by one of China's largest independent real estate researchers. Data shows sales fell the most in smaller cities, dropping as much as 50%. Authorities have been rolling out measures to support China's property market. Top officials wrapped up in an important meeting last December, one that sets the tone for economic policy for the coming year. Officials have pledged to put greater focus on economic growth, but they didn't lay out any concrete plans to boost consumer demand. Argentina has refused to join a trade alliance with China, Russia and other allied countries. This, according to a letter Argentina's new president sent to leaders of the BRICS alliance. China extended an invite to Argentina and other countries on January 1st, asking them to join the alliance. The decision comes as Argentina's economic crisis worsens with more than 160 percent inflation. Argentina's president, Javier Mille, condemned communist countries while campaigning for president, noting it was not an opportune time for his country to join BRICS. Despite declining the offer, Mille says he is open to increasing trade and investment with members of the organization. Chinese state media is accusing the U.S. of somehow incentivizing Argentina to reject the BRICS alliance. It also states that Argentina is welcome to join BRICS when it chooses to. Meanwhile, Iran has accepted its invitation to join the organization. It became an official member on January 1st. Officials hope the move will help the country's economic crisis. They see it as an opportunity to challenge U.S.-imposed sanctions. The BRICS alliance was originally made up of Brazil, Russia, India and China, with South Africa joining later. It sees itself as a counter to Western influence. Beijing kicking off 2024 with a bold vow to reunify Taiwan, raising fears of an invasion still further. What's the end game in China's ambitions for the island? And how will President Biden's promise to defend it play out? We sat down with retired Brigadier General Robert Spaulding for his take on that and more. General Spalding, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Thanks. Great to be back. To begin, Taiwan's presidential election is less than two weeks away now. Chinese regime leader Xi Jinping said in a speech on Sunday that the reunification is, quote, inevitable. How do you read his comments? Is this the same old or is it a stronger rhetoric?
2: No, it's pretty much the same old. I mean, this has been their plan from the very beginning. And I think it's really, for them, it's about timing, what, what makes sense. I think, you know, their, um, their economy being so tightly tied to the rest of the world has been the the one thing that's been dissuading them or deterring them from doing anything i think what's happening now you're seeing as their economy slows down maybe they might have more of a motivation to actually act on you know what xi jinping has already promised
0: now the u.s is still sticking by its strategic ambiguity now you and i have spoken in the past about strategic clarity when it comes to taiwan how would that help deter a potential invasion
2: well, it would help uh, strategic clarity would help in the same way that it helped deter a Soviet invasion of Western Europe. Basically, um, you know, John Foster Dulles said at the Council on Foreign Relations in a very famous speech that you know we would use all means necessary if they were to come across, uh, you know, through the fold of gap and attack Western Europe. And I think something very similar needs to be done about Taiwan. The United States needs to say. You know, basically bring in the retaliatory capability of our nuclear arsenal and say, we would respond if China was to invade Taiwan, if we want to actually deter an attack. Otherwise, I think they're going to be motivated and they believe that they're capable enough to, to carry it out. Everybody says they're not capable enough yet. I think when you look at the array of weaponry that they've developed over the last several decades, it's clear that they have enough force to do it. It is what is the timing uh, and when is that timing right, according to Xi Jinping.
0: Now, sticking with deterrence, reports are noting that Taiwan is considering joining the International Criminal Court. That's to deter a potential Chinese invasion. How would that work?
2: Well, you know, the Chinese Communist Party doesn't um, abide by any an international agreement or institution it disagrees with that. Uh, frequently breaks, you know, trade regulations. You know, from or prox- you know, proclamations from the World Trade Organization, and, and you know, it's it's same thing with the International Court at the Hague. You know, when the Philippines basically won their court case, the Chinese just disregarded it. So I don't think it makes any difference whatsoever to the Chinese Communist Party.
0: Now, zooming out in terms of geopolitics, Argentina, under its new president, Javier Mille, just shot down China's invitation to join the BRICS coalition. This is a group of emerging markets. How big of a deal is this?
2: Well, you know, I think um, one of the things that the BRICS could hang its head on for quite a while was the booming economy of China you know this idea that China was a part of the BRICS and China had, you know, fashioned on to a new way to run your economy so that you don't have to have the free market or even a free population yet you could do quite well as that economy starts to slow down i think it's beginning to lose luster in other words china's model to these other BRICS nations so i wouldn't be surprised if you see others you know start to step away from BRICS at least in the in the way it was fashioned you know, when China was really doing well as an economy.
0: General Spalding, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. The Netherlands is taking a new step toward an international goal, cutting off China's access to high-tech chips. The country is home to ASML, the world's only supplier of ultraviolet lithography machines. The technology is essential to making the most advanced chips. The Dutch government just revoked the company's export license, meaning it can't send the machines to China. The decision comes as the U.S. urges countries like the Netherlands and Japan to help block Beijing from high-end chips. That's over fears the tech would aid the Chinese regime's aggressive military development or be used for human rights abuses. China on Tuesday urged the Netherlands to continue exporting chip-making tools to the country and criticized the U.S. for pressuring other nations to restrict China's access to advanced technology. At least two financial executives in China have committed suicide this month. That's as Beijing is conducting investigations into banks across the country. This year, at least 96 Chinese financial executives have been removed from their positions, while 38 others who work for major state-owned banks have been investigated. They're being blamed for the bank's corrupt practices, leading some to choose suicide in order to protect family or assets. According to authorities, the president of an interprovincial bank died of carbon monoxide poisoning earlier last month. Days later, the president of a local branch of a major Chinese bank died after he fell from a building. As pressure mounts, other mid-level and senior executives are also being hit hard. Chinese media report that bank deputy general manager Du Haïtao died of a heart attack two weeks ago. He was 49 years old. Beijing continues to purge its financial system amid the ongoing market crisis, largely a result of the COVID-19 lockdowns. A surprise for the petroleum industry, to jumpstart a new year, Beijing has ramped up distributions of imported crude oil to private refiners across the country. NTD's Sam Wong has more.
3: Nearly 180 million tons of raw materials is getting pumped into dozens of companies, marking a 60% jump from 2023. To put that number in perspective, it's nearly a whole year's quota granted in one shot. According to Chinese consultancy JLC, the purpose of the large distribution is to make it easier for firms to plan ahead for the year. Worth noting, the Chinese regime's state-owned refiners don't face restrictions on oil imports, while private processing plants only began seeing quota restrictions on crude imports in 2015. Those distributions came in batches every few months, prompting uncertainties for those seeking to buy more oil based on their needs. Crude oil is a key strategic resource. Its applications range from manufacturing to powering military vehicles such as tanks and fighter jets. China is currently the world's largest consumer of the material, with Russia being its number one supplier. In recent years, the regime has boosted military activities in the Pacific, as the majority of its imported crude oil passes through shipping lanes there. Sam Wang, NTD News.
0: What are some Chinese-Americans wishing for this new year? We went down to Flushing, home to the largest Chinatown in New York City, to find out. One resident told us her children only received an education after coming to the U.S. The Chinese
3: Communist Party didn't allow my children to go to school where we lived because we weren't originally from that area. But here we have respect and human rights. I'm very grateful for that.
2: We will become taxpayers and file our taxes according to the law. I'd like to make contributions to the U.S.
0: Turning our attention now to Hong Kong, pro democracy activist and media tycoon Jimmy Lai is pleading not guilty. His landmark national security trial resumed on Tuesday. Let's take a look.
4: Hong Kong tycoon Jimmy Lai pleaded not guilty on Tuesday in his landmark national security trial. The 76-year-old is charged with two counts of conspiracy to collude with foreign forces under a sweeping national security law that Beijing imposed on Hong Kong in 2020. The prosecution alleged that Lai called for foreign sanctions against Hong Kong and Chinese officials. Lai, who is the founder of now-shuttered pro-democracy newspaper Apple Daily, is also charged with conspiracy to publish seditious publications. The pro-democracy advocate denies all three charges. Marathon legal proceedings had stretched over three years since Lai was arrested. On Tuesday, the prosecution outlined key details of their case for the first time, including meetings with senior figures in the former administration of US President Donald Trump, Evidence, they said, that he colluded with foreign forces. They displayed a chart showing a picture of Lai alongside images of then-Vice President Mike Pence, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and Trump. Prosecutor Anthony Chow said Lai had been calling for sanctions against Chinese and Hong Kong officials since 2019. Washington's slapped several rounds of sanctions on political figures, including Hong Kong chief executive John Lee, after the China-imposed national security law was enacted. Both the U.S. and Britain have called for Lai's immediate release, saying his trial is politically motivated. Over 280 pro-democracy activists and politicians in Hong Kong have been arrested since the national security law was imposed.
0: Coming up, less than a week into the new year, a mass protest in China hints the holidays are over. They're demonstrating over a teenager's mysterious death, saying authorities want to cover up what happened to him. Political violence in South Korea, a knife attack on the country's opposition leader caught live on camera, What we know about it so far. And a Chinese student in a Utah foreign exchange program falls victim to a cyber kidnapping scam. He's reported safe, but what lengths were he and his family forced to go to? More on that after the break here on China in Focus.